This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Show is about your calls. Whatever you want to discuss, and that's your prerogative. Just dial in 800-259-9231. We start things out by going to the amp line, where Matt is waiting from Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Mark. Hey. Hello. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? Um, uh, I got an uh, email from uh, Baron Von Matthausen. Everybody on his email list probably got it, uh, about his retirement, and he has created a new church. This is the founder of the Liberty Dollar, Bernard von Nothaus. Quite an interesting uh, character. What is this church? The church, he wants you to find the God within your own mind, and he calls it the Free Marijuana Church. Really? (laughs) Yep. Okay. And it's located in Hawaii, and he says he has plenty of money for any lawsuits that might be coming. He's... um, taken solace in the fact that the Supreme Court has uh, uh, ruled in favor of the American Indian's uses of peyote hmm. and uh, other psychedelics for their churches, for their religion. And the purpose of this church is you come into the church, you go to the altar, he gives you a sacrament, which is a hit of marijuana, <laughs> you go into another room, you close your eyes, and you meditate. All right. Well, cool. You know, somebody's tried this. I think it was down in Arizona. There there were some people that were selling marijuana, and they came under fire for that, and it didn't work out too well for him. So maybe he's feeling it'll be different this time because he won't be selling it, and instead will be giving it away to people? I don't know. Interesting approach. That's that's a possibility, but um, anyway, I'm sure that you've received the email because I imagine you're on his list, so... Yeah, it did just pop in here a few minutes ago. Looks like uh, it was sent around 7 o'clock. Very interesting. So what do you think? You think he's going to have some success at this, or how do you feel? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I, it's down in Hawaii. Um, I don't think it's going to um, I don't think it's going to uh, uh, um, catch the attention of the federal agents. I think he might have some problems with the state, but I doubt it. It's, it'll probably work out for him. Hey, I, I say, keep it quiet. yeah, I say good on him. I mean, he's retired from the Liberty Dollar, and you got nothing else to do. You might as well challenge the marijuana laws. I think that's great. More it's good to see. He's got his uh, keeping his hand in activism. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else on your mind tonight, Matt? Nope, just wanted to alert you to that. Thanks for the call. That'd Appreciate it. interesting topic. It's Very interesting. interesting. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, I've got a story I mentioned a few shows ago, and we never, we never got to it, so uh, we'll do that now. From the BBC, where, as you know, if you've been paying attention to this program or the international news over the past few years, the weapons ban situation in Britain has gotten just nastier and nastier. Uh, Several years ago, they banned handguns. I think they've pretty much banned all kinds of guns from from Britain. And so... Working on knives, too. Right. Then, of course, the next insane step would be to ban anything with a sharp blade, which they've been doing. In fact, uh, this story is about graphic images of real injuries inflicted by knives featuring uh, that that feature in a new 3 million pound government advertising campaign against youth violence 
Now, the ads were devised by teenagers, and they aim to show the dangers of carrying a knife. One shows a man with a knife and a screwdriver in his chest and deep, gaping wounds to the body. Gosh. Meanwhile, Metropolitan Police Chief Sir Ian Blair said nearly 200 weapons had been seized as operations against knife crime in London were stepped up. Now, there was a while back where they actually had what they called the knife amnesty. Yeah. Wherein you could, much like some uh, government police departments here in America have done with, with guns, you could just drop, drop on by. Yeah. yeah. Drop off your knife, no questions asked. Yep. So I guess that period is probably long gone at this point, and if you're caught with a knife... That aren't with uh, that's not within the parameters of the knives you're allowed to own because apparently you're still allowed to have like a knife in the kitchen, but you can't take that knife with you places. I don't know what all the the rules and regs are, but if, whatever they are, they're preposterous. Yeah, if your knife's not in your kitchen, then you could be in some trouble. Basically, uh, speaking at a news conference on the day government launched the advertising campaign, Mr. Blair said to parents, "It's a tough love time." In addition to conversations about drink, drugs, and relationships, there are now conversations about knives. The Home Office said it wanted children who carry knives to see what could happen if a weapon was turned on them. Minister Vernon Coker said that the new advertisement's message was conveyed by young people the same age as would-be victims to maximize their impact. He added, we know that many young people carry a knife because they're fearful about these advertisements. Or and these advertisements tell powerful stories about the dangers of going down that path. People have got to get the message that the if path they, of having something to protect yourself against uh, somebody who might be armed with a knife. Yes, uh, the people at, have got to get the message that if they carry a knife, there's more chance of it being used against them. The campaign is being launched after a spate of stabbings of young people, most recently an 18-year-old murdered outside of a pub in southeast London. The first phase of the three-year campaign will feature newspaper and radio advertisements, as well as two viral Internet videos. So, of course, the message here is that... <laughs> they're not viral videos until they go viral. They go viral. Right. Yeah. You might be designing the video in hopes that it'll right. be viral, but it's not. <laughs> so It's the, just some... Dumb government video until then. So the message here is, kids, uh, yeah, we understand you're scared about the the chavs or whoever they are that are out there brandishing knives and these scary teenagers, these angry teens. We understand you're scared, but you shouldn't arm up. You should not arm yourself to defend yourself against these marauding hooligans. If you are stopped in the middle of an alley somewhere and somebody's holding you up, you should just go ahead and give up all your money and well, bend I, right over. I don't over. disagree with that. Um, I think you should give up all your money. However, you don't know whether one of these guys isn't just trying to rob you. He might try, be trying to kill you. Yeah, that's a, that is a possibility as well. I thought that you had recommended against giving up your money on a recent <clears throat> program. I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you what I would do necessarily. Sometimes I, you know, I've got a stiff neck. I'm kind of stubborn. But uh, generally, it's, uh, you know, it, when, when faced with an armed robber and, you know, you're going to lose you know, whatever cash you have in your wallet, you know, the cash is, uh, is something that can be repl- well, replaced relatively that, quickly. You're assuming that when you hand over the money, you're not going to be harmed. I think I've seen st- statistics that indicate that, at least in the United States, if you're offering armed resistance with a firearm, you're actually less likely, slightly, it's about the same, but you're actually slightly less likely to be injured than if you simply Don't. hand over the money. Oh, I wonder what, I wonder what the uh, statistics are with knives. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got a, a range issue, but then again, most 
most robberies happen up close. You know, so. what I would feel morally from it, um, if if I was being robbed, is is that uh, if I let that guy go, he's going to go on and do it to do someone it else, and he's liable to hurt somebody in the future. So morally, I might feel obligated to do something, but I'm not going to recommend to someone else that they do it because I don't know. You know like it, Everybody's different. Well, right. I mean, it's a tricky situation because if you do take action and defend yourself with a weapon, or even with your bare hands, I mean, if you jujitsu move on somebody, I mean, if you hurt this person who's trying to steal your money from you, then there's a good chance that the cops are going to come along and you're going to get charged with something. Depends on your state. I there's bet a good I bet chance. you're not in New Hampshire. Okay, not in, maybe not in New Hampshire, but we're not talking in about Florida. the UK. Not in Texas. We're talking about the UK UK, here. certainly. Uh, obviously, could, there are places very well in America. Be. I don't know. New York City, uh, Washington, D.C., places with very severe sort of gun legislation and weapon control. It's a, it is a tricky choice because odds are good you're not going to get away from that scene unless there's absolutely nobody around. And then what? I mean, if you, if you, if you only had 100 bucks in your wallet, you give up the 100 bucks, maybe you get to, to walk away. Is that a better deal than having to go to court and deal with all that nonsense? I would say yes, but then again, like you say at the same time, if this person really does intend on hurting you anyway, well, then you've got nothing to lose at that point. So I guess it all depends on circumstance. Your thoughts here at 1-800-259-9231. Just kind of an interesting view into the world of knife prohibition where they're running advertising with gory photos to try to scare kids away from... Carrying knives. The toll-free number here for you is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include live streams. You've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam version. They're all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue here with your phone calls, then uh, we'll travel over to the Middle East and get an update on Osama bin Laden. It's somebody that... Just isn't talked about too often these days. We'll find out what's going on with him. But first, your calls, and we talk to Anthony in Florida. Anthony, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, Anthony, what's on your mind tonight? Um, we, I was, I just had a question. Sure. Okay. Um, we, uh, I have, I was wa- wondering how ice cream trucks that go around to neighborhoods, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. I was just at. Wondering how they make the money. How they make the money? Well, they sell ice Their cream money. to kids. What's what's but the like, confusing part? You know, like you know, like how they uh, how would they, how would they make their own money? Because like like not many people 
go around and get them, you know? Well, you'd think it's a tough business. I mean, really, uh, selling ice cream when you could just go to the grocery store, buy a six-pack of uh, M&M cookie sandwiches, and save significant amounts of money, you know, pay, uh, pay about 50 to 70 cents when per unit. When I was a kid, though, it was, very exciting. it was very exciting when the ice cream man came around. And I don't know how things are today. Um, you know, my, my child's too young. And, and they still exist. There's one the that comes The ice cream truck here. does not come, by, come through my neighborhood. But, uh, you know, I, when I was young, it was a big deal. So maybe, you know, maybe parents are forking out the money. I don't know. I think that they probably are successful because it's convenient. Uh, they have a large selection. There are things that you can't get at the grocery store on the ice cream truck. And it's fun. And yeah, and and it's neat. It has, it's, it's the novelty of it's it. It's unique. So I would say that's how it works. I don't know if they're having any more trouble these days than they used to be. It's an interesting question. You don't really ever hear much about the uh, the ice cream business. And I thank you for the call tonight. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. You, you really can bring up anything here on Free Talk Live. Uh, so ice cream trucks. I, You know, I never really... My parents never really got me ice cream from the ice cream t- uh, truck too often. I think that's what the problem was. What, what, do, what do you mean, problem? Well, you know, you're just antisocial and got personality disorder. That's probably what it was. Well, I don't know about that. I think that uh, it was kind of expensive, and there you don't want to get your kid in the habit of expecting to get ice cream from the ice cream truck all the time. If you only do it occasionally, then it's a treat. Then it's something unique, right? Instead of giving your kid this sort of entitlement mentality about being able to get something from the ice cream truck. Parents, be warned. All right, we continue. And talk to Jeff in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? You know what? First, I think the music from the ice cream truck brainwashes the kids into making them want the ice cream. It's an interesting conspiracy. I'm I'm kidding. kidding. You know, it's it's more plausible than some of the other conspiracies out there. Yeah, I'm I'm just having a little fun with that. But anyway, um, have you heard the story about Jerome Corsi? Who is is that? The guy who wrote the uh, book about Carrie. Who's what? Carrie, what John is Carrey back Carrey. in '04. Oh, isn't this the guy that also uh, is talking about how there's oil in the the earth and it, the, that it keeps being generated? Is I that the don't same know, guy? but this guy wrote the Abomination. Hmm, okay. But anyway, he was investigating Obama's connection and background in Kenya. He's in Kenya. They're right, they, they're holding him. Oh dear. Yeah, he, they're detaining him. That's well, not I don't good. Know if he's released or not yet. So do you think? Uh, do you think? Obama has anything to do with it? I don't think he does detained? personally, but I think Kenya was probably was probably preventing him from finding some stuff out about him. Yeah, I think he was supposed to have a press conference. I would imagine that those in, in power in Kenya probably say to themselves, "We really would like this, uh, you know, semi-Kenyan uh, to get elected as the president of the United States." And uh, this uh, this guy and at here, at the very least, it brings up questions. Yeah. It, what, it does. So I guess I'm, I'm not in the loop here. What is what does Kenya have to do with Obama? Well, he has a brother that's in Kenya, and his father was from. I Kenya. see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was not aware of these things. Okay, so yeah. so he's being held, and he was uh, just being detained until his uh, flight out. Huh. Uh, well, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you're dealing with a uh, third world country with dictators that can do anything that they want to, and when and you I'm go and you put the... yourself in their in their care, there's a chance they might put you in a prison cell, and at that point, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, you hope the military comes to the... rescue you? And like I said, at the very least, it brings up questions. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. It, it, it's It's suspicious, but... Have you heard about that story other than when I, when I brought it up? Not really, no. I've, I have heard that there are some people questioning Obama's birth certificate um, and that there had been 
some people wanted him to produce it. So uh, there were also some questions raised about John McCain's yeah. credentials. because he was born in Panama, right? Yes, that was but, U.S. territory at the time. Yeah, he was born to both. His parents were U.S. parents, and traditionally that, that makes you a U.S. citizen at birth. However, one of Obama's parents was a foreign national, so Obama... He actually had a Kenyan citizenship, Barack Obama did, mm-hmm. until the age of 21 under Kenyan law. Um, but he didn't renounce his U.S. citizenship, so he lost the Kenyan citizenship. Um, it's kind of convoluted, but uh, there were some questions that people were raising about. But he, they he still haven't released a birth certificate, so the the people, if you did release, if he did release that birth certificate, the people that. You know, don't want to believe that he's actually uh, American. You can't convince it's them. A with fake. A bir- yeah, you can't convince them with a birth certificate. I, you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've shown my birth certificate to a, a private eye before, who said that it was a fake. Uh, you know, I mean, I just. Yeah, well, it's not like anything's going to come from this, right? I mean, somebody's going to get elected in November, and either way, the chips fall. Government's going to get bigger, more intrusive, more oppressive than ever. I mean, maybe they should both be disqualified, but is that actually going to happen at this point? Then George Phillies could win. Not very likely. Thanks for the call, sir. Appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. Osama bin Laden. Now, we know that George Bush, the la- at, least, at least the last I heard about Osama bin Laden, was that George Bush had basically called it off. He basically said, well, uh, it's not a priority. It's not a priority looking for this guy anymore. Well, th- then he's he's recently um, kind of uh, retracted that to some extent, saying that uh, we're we're back looking for Osama bin Laden, and, really? and there's been more things going on in Afghanistan. What's but, going on? <clears throat> this article is from uh, uh, from Freedom's Phoenix. After September 11, 2001, a team of elite Delta Force commandos was sent into Afghanistan with assignment to find and kill Osama bin Laden at Tora Bora. Hmm. That mission failed. The commander of the Delta Force team has now written a book which tells what he says is the true story of what went wrong. He appeared anonymously on 60 Minutes, um, CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday to summarize that story. Bin Laden was known to be holed up at Tora Bora on a ridge with an elevation of 14,000 feet. The Delta Force team's initial plan was to come in at him from the uh, direction he'd least expected, climbing over the mountain at his back. But that plan wasn't approved by the higher-ups. Their second idea, to drop hundreds of landmines along the mountain passes to Pakistan to impede uh, bin Laden's retreat, then bring in helicopters, was also turned down. How often does Delta come up with a tactical plan that's been disapproved by um, higher headquarters, CBS's Scott Pelley asked the uh, commando leader. In my experiences in five years in Delta, never before. So this is pretty unprecedented. Somebody didn't want them to go and get this guy? They disapproved to what sound like reasonably good plans to me. Toll-free number here. Is there more intrigue to come here, Mark? Well, there's, it... there's a bit more to the story. All right, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, uh, normal Internet technology 
is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. To put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use uh, email alternative, privacyharbor.com. It's normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. You can get a free email uh, account there, and your emails will be secure. We're going to continue with your phone calls here in a moment, but Mark, if you had more detail to share with us on this interesting story that one of the Delta Force members from over in Afghanistan is sharing, apparently anonymously, though I don't understand the point of that, considering he's claiming to be the commander of the force, wouldn't it be easy to identify who he was? Anyway, uh, anonymously coming out and saying that they had plans to go and get Osama bin Laden. They knew, apparently, where he was, and in their process of attempting to get the okay from the higher-ups in the commanding authority, they were rejected. They came up with a couple different plans to go after this guy, and they were told, no, no, no. And it kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of backs up the story of what George Bush was saying. You know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about uh, Osama bin Laden anymore. Uh, he's, 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 he doesn't even enter my mind. Uh, you know, I, it, it, I, a lot of Americans would really like to see Osama bin Laden come to justice one way or the other. And, sure, well, uh, he's kind of the, the international terror symbol. Right, he right? is, and it, it makes one wonder... Are they conspiring to keep this guy out there so that they can continue to crack down? Do they need this symbol? I don't know. The only remaining option was a frontal assault, according to the story. um, They they, uh, squashed all the plans. The higher-ups squashed all the plans of Delta. And the only remaining option was a frontal assault by 50 U.S. Delta Force members, plus their Afghan guides. And the Afghan warlord accompanying the commandos frankly told them, I don't think you guys can handle it. A few million dollars from the CIA quickly secu- uh, secured his cooperation, but only to a degree. He didn't want to die, I assume. <laughs> Got to spend those millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. The Afghan, uh, uh, excuse me, the Delta Force leader told CBS that the Afghan fighters went home every night, abandoning whatever territory they'd gained that day. It was almost like it was an agreement, an understanding between the two forces fighting each other. He stated that when the CIA did come up with an exact location on Bin Laden, it was nighttime and the Afghan support was nowhere to be found. It wasn't worth the risk in that particular moment to go up there and play cowboy, the leader told CBS. It was better to be cautious, refit, go up there with the entire force the next day and play the battle out as we had planned. But when he attempted to move in on bin Laden the next day, his Afghan allies balked, saying that they had negotiated a ceasefire with al-Qaeda and even drew their weapons on Delta Force team members to prevent them from acting alone. Wow. Shortly thereafter, intercepted radio communications show that bin Laden was on the move. A cave which uh, al-Qaeda members had uh, been seen entering was uh, bombed for several hours, and it was thought that bin Laden had died there. But when U.S. forces checked the uh, cave six months later, bin Laden's body was not found. The Delta Force leader believes that he received medical treatment in a local village and then got away safely to Pakistan. So... It That's sounds it. sounds like the the higher ups didn't want to didn't want Bin Laden found. Certainly, the uh, allowed the, him to slip through the cracks. The the Afghans uh, didn't want uh, didn't want Bin Laden found. Uh, Very intriguing. Yeah. What do you make of that? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It just goes to show that the poorest organization to go after Bin Laden is the United States military. Well, not maybe not the poorest organization, the poorest one we could have picked. Well, right, because I mean, of the, the central poorest one probably factor. would have. That, that it's also a question of whether they I mean the question is did they do it intentionally or was it just bungling? Were they trying to get Bin Laden and they failed or was it that the military was perfectly capable of getting him because they are pretty I mean the military is pretty capable of tracking somebody down and killing them. 
As, found you know, Saddam Hussein. Right. Well, I mean, so, then why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you let Delta Force do what Delta Force does? Sneak across the mountain, sneak in and kill um, Ob- um, well, Bin Laden instead of having the Delta Force essentially fighting a war with uh, with these guys. You know, two sides uh, advancing and retreating day and night. I mean, that doesn't make any damn sense at all. Not if you want to catch him. Yeah. That that would be the question: is whether whether the government was actually trying to catch Bin Laden or not. And it sounds a little bit conspiratorial, but. Uh, to me, that's the way, you know, I'm taking the guy at his word that the way he's reporting what happened was what actually happened. But assuming that, I would say that it, it sounds like somebody might have let Bin Laden go because it served their interests to leave him out there. Sounds that way to me. Let, and I'm glad you brought up that the military was probably the, the last organization that, that should be doing a job right. like this. And, and the I, Constitution has provisions for... Uh, mark and reprisal? Yeah, letters of mark and reprisal. It has provisions for this. Uh, essentially, a bounty should have been put on his, um, on his head, a real one that people could have trusted, and... They, they would have brought they would have brought him in for the right amount of money. Apparently, whatever bounty they put out there, um, either people didn't trust it or they didn't um, or or it wasn't enough. Because if it was enough, Blackwater would have gone and done it. Right. Well, they would have, but unfortunately, what the scenario we have now is that the government and the, the contractors find it more profitable to essentially create a war where they can use Blackwater employees for years and years. Sure, Blackwater, Blackwater would can, yeah. find that more, um, you know, more profitable. However, that should not be an option. It is not constitutional. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're well, not. I they, think you can't declare war on, uh, you know, an organization like Al Qaeda. No, in, you can't. But that's that's what the government did. And they don't hold territory, very, and it's been very profitable for for organizations like Blackwater. So. Well, what about a more decentralized world where I mean, yes, I agree with you, Mark, that it, that the the bounty situation would be preferable to the military, but. Even more preferable to that would be a situation where there is no government to speak of and instead uh, private people who felt it in their interest to go on a mission like this, uh, raise money from whatever means necessary, uh, start their own little private mercenary squad or whatever and send them over to go and carry this out. Then you don't have the, the mercenaries radioing back to get approval on their plans to go and do what the mission is that they've been assigned to do. There's no, uh, you know, if you've got a decentralized situation where there could be three or four different groups of uh, mercenaries coming in from various different interest groups looking for this guy, you don't have a situation where there's one guy at the top making all the executive decisions on what should and shouldn't happen. There's uh, much less control by this. By I understand where you're coming case. from. There's just simply an organization here that could have taken care of it. It's, uh, you know, they, they have rules in their constitution that they could have followed had they chosen to do just that, and it would have taken care of this. I'm not saying that there's there's not some free market answer out there. I don't know, um, but I do know that there's, there's provision in the Constitution for just this scenario, and they didn't follow them. Well, and as I understand how letters of mark and reprisal, they haven't been used in a very long time. No. How I understand they, they worked was essentially you were given a license. Basically, it was for a, a, on the seas, and you're basically given a license to rob another nation's shipping and sink turn, it. Turn, turn them into pirates. Right. So pirates. there wasn't, in, in the past, there wasn't that much oversight. You were basically, here's your license. You can do this and this and this and this. You know, you can... Take money from these or- these organizations. You can kill these people and have at it. Do it, you know, get the job done, and you'll get paid a bounty. I believe was how it worked. In right, some so cases. you wouldn't have to call back before. And you get everything were... that you take too. You know, they right. they take they, whatever they get on the ship. All right, there you go. Salvage rights or something. 800-259-9231. Uh, so more intrigue, uh, more allegations about the U.S. government 
purposefully steering away from getting this guy. It's very interesting. We continue with your calls about anything. It's Frank in New York. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank, New York, going once. Uh, good evening. Hello, I uh, heard the comments about Obama's uh, birth uh, certificate sort of dilemma and the fact that he's being sued in Philadelphia by Phil Berg. Uh, what's interesting about the uh, – what I find interesting about the case is the fact that if it is true, if Bom- Obama is not a native-born American or a natural-born American citizen, he's ineligible to be president – uh, what I find interesting about that is that, you know, we're going to lose the chance for maybe one of the brightest presidential candidates since Jimmy Carter. But what I find interesting is that it was the Pakistan... When, when you say brightest, do you mean, like, what do you mean by that, the brightest candidate? Well, I mean, intellectually, uh, Jimmy Carter was very sharp. You know, a lot of people, and I'm going to bring it back, Frank. Clinton we'll talk was a Rhodes Scholar. There, yeah, there are some uh, really and, brilliant people out there that are unfortunately putting their brilliant minds to the task of figuring out how to control people. And I don't know if that's something that we want. More on the way with Frank and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the program. That's what AMP stands for, Advertise, Market, and Promote. We use that money to get on more radio stations around the country, around the world, uh, get uh, get new Internet listeners tuned into the program, and bring new people to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable to you and you want some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. As we bring back Frank in New York. Frank, you were lauding Osama, or not Osama, (laughs) Obama. You were lauding Obama for being a brilliant man. And I have to say that while that may be true, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Never really listened to him. They all seem to go to Harvard anyway. Well, Uh, let me... I don't think that, before you go on, I don't think that being brilliant is necessarily the best thing as far as if you're brilliant, but at the same time you don't understand liberty, then you're a brilliant man trying to figure out ways to control people. I was having a discussion about this recently. Uh, The question was basically, you know, there are so many smart people out there. Why is it that they don't get the the liberty thing? And I said, well, they've been put in in a box. You know, they've been raised in this box where they've been taught to believe that government is necessary and that government is good. and so even though they might be absolutely brilliant, they're, they're using all their brain power to figure out how to restructure the governmental organization to control people. And I don't think that's necessarily uh, on its face a very good thing. Does that make sense? Not what I want to talk about, though, Ian. The point I wanted to make is that on August 21st of this year, the Pakistan Daily reported that Obama's birth certificate had been found and authenticated at the Mombasa Maternity Hospital in Kenya. Apparently, according to the article, his mother had him in Kenya so he could receive British citizenship, because at that time, Kenya was part of uh, the United Kingdom. It was still part of the, col- the, you know, the colonial empire. Uh, what's interesting about that is that if that is indeed true, that... He was born in Kenya. 
then he is constitutionally ineligible to become president of the United States. Now, what I wanted to say, too, that's interesting, uh, I've done a little bit of research, and even though he was the editor of the Harvard Law Review, which is a very prestigious and, you know, high academic honor as well as, uh, I haven't been able to find any articles that he had written while editor of the Law Review, which is sort of strange. And also, Mm. even though he did his undergraduate degree in political science at Columbia, he didn't achieve academic honors, which is highly unusual because about 86% of all Columbia graduates in the social sciences receive honors, high honors, or highest honors. What are you getting at? Well, I'm getting in, I guess, to the point that it's rather interesting, to say the least, that number one, uh, that if you run for city council in the city of New York or even Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you have to provide birth certificate, a legitimate birth certificate, when you go in to file your petition and you pay your fees, uh, when, you do, when you run for a position in the state, uh, the same thing happens. What I find interesting uh, That is, doesn't happen around here. Maybe it's just in New York. I know that well, when Julia also ran... Well, most of the states. But what's interesting is if Obama is not native-born... Uh, then it's interesting because he could be prosecuted for defrauding the American public of between 400 and 600 million dollars. I suppose he could campaign. be, but it doesn't seem very likely that that's ever going to be verified. And if so, then well, they'll you know they'll bump him out of office, and Biden will get in, and it'll still be bad news. Thanks, Frank, for the call. 800-259-9231. It's I mean it's intriguing and kind of interesting, but. All in all, it really doesn't matter, does it? I mean, it doesn't matter because whether it's well, Obama... it doesn't matter to you because you, you um, consider them all the same. They but a lot of people do same. not consider them all the same. Well, I, I have to wonder how many Americans are actually going to care if it turns out, let's say Barack Obama gets elected and then the story breaks that he was actually born in Kenya. Are we actually going to remove a sitting president? I mean, I don't know if the American people question. actually care that much. They don't seem to care that much about many parts of the Constitution and I think a lot of people might view that as somewhat archaic. I don't know. I don't agree with that, but I think that's how a lot of people would view it. And they might just say, oh, well, he got elected president. I mean, you'd have to hold a special – I mean, I guess Biden would take over, but didn't Biden get elected as part of an illegitimate ticket at that point? You run into some interesting yeah, questions. Yeah, I guess you would, and maybe will. Maybe that will occur, and we'll be able to talk about it more then. In the meantime, we go to your phone calls. Peter is on the line, also in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Peter. Peter, in New York, going once. Peter. Hi, good evening. Hello. Good evening. I want to talk about ice cream. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, you guys brought up the ice cream truck thing. Just to clarify, I do have a friend who operates a uh, Mr. Softy truck here in New York. Mm. And uh, the key to the whole thing is that the markup is ac- is astronomical. Yeah. Um, so so there's, a, there's a really big markup there. Also, it's basically, at least on the East Coast, in the Northeast, it's a seasonal business. Right. Um, so you you pretty much make a killing for two or three months, and that's it. Well, what do they do uh, the rest? Of, what does your friend do the rest of the year? Um, you know, honestly, odd jobs. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of his business. You know, he makes more money in those two to three months than he makes in let's say you know hmm. eight months um, on, on the on the off season. But um, it's sort of like being a, 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 a owning a pool maintenance company or something in the Northeast. You know, it's really a seasonal gig. And, and they do make good money. Um, Interesting. Well, I'm glad to yeah. know the uh, the ice cream men of the world are still out there <laughs> raking it in. Good for them. Well, we're, we're free marketeers here, right? Yep. Um, 
Regarding, uh, I, I want to say something about, uh, you guys were talking about the Osama bin Laden issue and um, the article concerning you know, his whereabouts and why he hasn't been found. Um, I just want to raise one question, and I think that this will um, be cause for conversation. This is the same government, okay, that has not been able to explain how the Pentagon on 9-11 was struck with a trillion-dollar-plus budget behind the Defense Department. Okay, so we have two, two instances here revolving around the same event, okay, the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden and the, the strike that occurred in the Pentagon. And I'm not saying how it was struck. I'm not raising any uh, uh, questions regarding that. But it was struck regardless. Okay, so are we talking about an issue of absolute incompetence here? Okay, on, on regarding both of these issues, okay, where you have trillions, literally trillions of dollars supporting our military apparatus, or is there something else going on? And I'll just raise that question. And I'll let you guys handle it. It, 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 you know, it's, it seems suspicious, but then you think about all the airplane, um, airplanes going in out of Dulles and, and Reagan, and um, it would be difficult for the Pentagon to keep track of those. I mean, obviously, there's planes flying near the Pentagon all the time. You you would think that they'd have some kind of missile set up somewhere very nearby, and when they thought that uh, something was, you know, clearly aimed right towards them, that they would catch it. But I I, I don't know. You'd think, but that would require them to have some I, level I of competency. For, yeah, I go for incompetence, of course, but uh, I don't know. You'd think that something came that close that it'd be rigged up to to take them out. It doesn't have to be either or. Either. I mean, you could have incompetence at, at, in the defense of the Pentagon, and somebody could have pulled some strings in something else. I mean, just because sure. you have the option of either they were incompetent in trying to capture bin Laden or somebody made it so they didn't, that doesn't mean that necessarily they, you know, whichever one of those you pick, that doesn't mean the other explanation couldn't apply in a different scenario because the government is very incompetent at actually doing what it sets out to do. And, you know, it's it's very susceptible to people in control pulling strings and steering events in the way that they want them to go. So either one's a plausible explanation in either case. That's my, That much is true, and we're probably not going to know for sure, right? Well, no, unless, I mean, in this case, there's somebody coming forward about the Bin Laden story, so there's some evidence there now on the Pentagon I don't think you're going to see too much new evidence come to light unless, you know, uh, for some of the people who are into the alternative theories of how it was hit, the, the FBI did grab a lot of videotapes that haven't been released. I'm assuming they were probably destroyed, but if somebody were to leak some of those tapes and they showed something else, that's really the only way you'd, you'd get a break in that, I feel. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've got a lot of questions. I, you know, there's a lot of good questions out there about uh, the whole, you know, Pentagon and and uh, the World Trade Centers. But you know, for me, it's just difficult. I, I just want a, you know, a story to hold on to that uh, can be corroborated and and it's not out there. Toll free number for you eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever you want uh, on the way here. That we've actually got an email in from somebody who lives in Canada and has had. Experience in the Canadian healthcare system. We'll tell you about what his story is and take your calls as well. Mark is on the line, and uh, whatever you want to talk about goes. Just dial in toll free 1 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And is the military 
killing puppies in Baghdad? We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. Free Talk Live, we're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Still to come here tonight, Mark, you're going to have a story which is pretty disturbing uh, in regards to the military and how they're treating military members that want to take home a puppy. Uh, we'll find out what that's all about here in a few moments. But first, we go to Mark in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark. Hello, you there? Hey, Mark. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, two things. Uh, for the third guy that's there, he was saying something about people may not care uh, too much if Obama got into office. Come to find out uh, he wasn't uh, born in America. Well, I would be one that would care. Uh, Are you going to vote for Obama? Oh heck no! Well, see, that's kind of the <laughs> that's the thing, though. You wouldn't you want Obama? That's kind of I think what he was was the point he was trying to make there is that you don't want Obama in anyway, and the the people that do want him in probably wouldn't care. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean, but no, um, no, I will not vote for him at all. The second thing is uh, Bin Laden. I think I heard about a year and a half ago that for some reason the reason why he uh, Bush don't want him killed is because I believe I heard that the Bush family is friends with the Bin Laden family in some which way form. I, I don't I forget which what it is. But yeah, I, I, think, I think that's public knowledge pretty much. Um, his yeah, I guess so. his father is uh, you know the king, the former king uh, Fahd, uh, Osama's father is the former, former king Fahd, and the, you could you could find pictures of those folks kissing. Um, wow. so. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reason why they don't want him. Killed. There you go. Thanks, Mark, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So what's interesting here uh, in this whole Middle East conflict, all these stories that we've seen over the last few uh, several years, is that it seems like Americans don't really get too upset when the news is about people getting killed. Like thousands upon thousands of people, some estimate over 100,000 innocent people in Iraq have been uh, killed due to bombings and various other violence uh, at the hands of the U.S. military. Uh, But apparently that's just not intriguing enough for people, not interesting enough. Uh, They don't get all up in arms. I guess they expect, well, that's what's supposed to happen. It's war, etc., etc., and I think it's I think that's awful personally because these are human beings we're talking about, and any loss of an innocent life should be concerning to people because it could be you, it could be somebody you know, it could be a, a family member, a loved one. But for whatever reason, it's just not interesting. But when a dog gets killed, boy, that's there needs to be press about this. We need to talk about it. Dogs being killed, well, for whatever reason, dogs are better than humans, and we need to be really concerned about this. No, I'm not saying I don't think dogs are. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I think dogs are unimportant. I I got to meet your dog today, Mark, and she's very very pretty, 
and it was very nice. So I, I'm also concerned with dogs being killed, and to that extent, let's talk about it. Well, um, you know, I, I think that I think you're right uh, that it's it's weird the, the way the relationship we have around the animals. Like it's, I think it's more about what people are th- what they you know the, the the sort of the thought process that they apply to the soldier that's doing the killing i mean is this person killing wantingly, wantonly or are they killing because they have to do it i don't think anybody would have any problems with dogs being killed if they were you know killed in the explosion of a bomb or you know because they had to be eradicated because they were carrying diseases or yeah. some reason like that but if you kill a dog because well for the wrong for whatever the wrong reason is that americans don't like it cuz they're going to sit there sadistic yeah. They're going to sit there and they're going to chomp their hamburgers while they go, tut, 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 you shouldn't be killing that dog for that reason. Anyway, um, let me read the uh, the shocking story. Now, you- this isn't actually – this story is not what it has been in the past where we might have seen uh, the video footage of American soldiers just taking pot shots at dogs for the fun of it or blowing up dogs just because they can. It's not quite in that category. This is a little bit – this is a little different. Right. This, this is, is like first from the higher ups. This is a firsthand account that was uh, – um, forwarded to me, but it's uh, it, it's from the original Stumble. What was the original? Getfreshminds.com. Get yeah. One of my good college friends is in Iraq right now. A couple months ago, she told me about Baghdad Pups, a really amazing organization that provides medical care, clearance, and transport for the animals U.S. soldiers have come to love during their deployment in the Middle East. And this is how it is. I, I remember there were some stray cats at the the prison yard, and um, at the, the one at one prison I was at, and the the old guys there would just take great care of these cats. They were they were treated well by all the convicts, and uh, but people would buy tuna fish. You know, convicts that had very little money would buy tuna fish to give to these cats. Huh. So well, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's uh, an animal's company is very pleasurable, is. especially in a place like a jail or in a, a foreboding place like Iraq. Yep. Uh, and so these aren't necessarily – we're not talking about sadistic soldiers in this case, or at least not yet. We're talking about the ones that had befen- a bef- befriended a puppy or a dog and wanted to, to take him home with them. So these are good people. What happened to them? Well, um, there, uh, there are some initiatives that everyone, regardless of their political views, can agree on are fabulous. This is one of those. Baghdad Pups gives our soldiers hope by helping them send their pets home to safety. It's such a unique and touching idea. I can't wait to write about it, except today I wish I could be writing about anything else because something so awful has happened that I'm writing this through tears. My friend has been held in Iraq by the stop-loss policy for over 15 months longer than her original company um, commitment to the military. So she's not only supposed to have left uh, Iraq, but supposed to have been out of the military entirely. Hmm. It hasn't been easy for her, and the puppy she saved has been more than a um, more than uh, has been one of the few things that has kept her going. I bet we've been hearing about her puppy Ratchet uh, on Facebook for months. She shared pictures of him as he grew from a frightened ball of fur to an adorable young dog. We learned when he was accepted into Baghdad pups and how her parents were going to take care of him until she returned home. She's kept us up to date on his travel schedule and badgered us into contributing money to bring him home. He was supposed to be on his way to Minnesota right now, except he's not. Last Wednesday, my friend's commanding officers seized Ratchet as he was on the way to the Baghdad airport en route to um, his new home with her parents. Why? Because it's against military regulations for active duty troops to befriend animals. 
Oh, my goodness. It gets worse. Now, does this mean that if you happen to be, you know, say, live off base with your family, um, that you're not allowed to have pets? I have no idea. Well, that's what it means. It's what it sounds like. It's, it's not stupid. Apl- I don't think it's applied that way. Is right. It? It's, I'm sure it's not applied that way. But these it's applied are, arbitrarily. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They've, they've got a stupid policy they're applying arbitrarily. It gets worse. According to the Baghdad Pups press release, on my friend's behalf, soldiers can face immediate court-martial for befriending animals, and some even see their animals brutally murdered by a direct gunshot to the head from commanding officers who will not bend the rules. Yeah, they are bending the rules. These commanding officers will be bending the rules if they have bases back home where people live off base, mm-hmm. have families, cats and dogs, and that kind of thing. So they're just, they are bending the rules. They're arbitrarily enforcing the rules. Now, I can understand why a commanding officer would say, look, you're a soldier, son. You can't have a damn puppy. I can understand why he would say that. However, it's disgusting. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, you know, it's weird. And to put a gun to the head of a dog and execute it in front of the person that had been taken care of? Yeah, that is particularly uh, brutal. sadistic. Sick. It was so close. Ratchet was on his way to the airport, and now he might be killed just because some power-hungry officers decided to flex their muscles and punish an innocent animal because Gwen dared to care about him. And to make it even worse, she's under military investigation for caring about a helpless puppy, something hundreds of soldiers do in Iraq. Well, and this is what I don't understand. I mean, it sounds like this Baghdad Pups organization has been around. They've done this before. Why Gwen? Why now? Why is this happening? How often is this happening? Why are some soldiers allowed to take a puppy home, but others aren't? Is well, it just because somebody didn't like her? It's not allowed. Baghdad Pups is, is taking them home for them. I mean, the soldier, yeah. they're not going home with the soldier. Okay. Um, so they're shipping them home, essentially. Yeah. And uh, likely this dog was not... Gwen wasn't even with this dog, and the, the troops came after a civilian organization and confiscated their material. I mean, this, this, this is crazy talk. Um, she's absolutely devastated, and I'm devastated for her. I cried for days last fall after the cat I rescued died of old age. I can't imagine how horrid it would be to save and love a pet, to be in full, um, full of hope that they would be part of your life after you finally come home and to have that cruel, cruelly snatched away. I don't know why this has happened to her. She's been through so much already. It's just awful. Do you have experience at this? Were you in the military over in Iraq, Afghanistan? Are you aware of this policy? Can you comment? 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Enjoy and get interactive over at wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. Advanced liberty at the local or national level through a summer internship in the Coke Summer Fellowship Program. The program places libertarian and free market students and recent graduates at organizations in Washington, D.C. and at state-based think tanks across the country. All positions are paid and include housing and travel allowances, as well as multiple career workshops throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. There's career workshops, seminars and speakers, and $1,500 stipend. Housing and travel costs are covered, too. 
All right, as we continue here with your phone calls, Mark, you just finished telling us a story from GetFreshMinds.com, very disturbing, of at least one soldier in the U.S. military who had befriended a dog whilst in Iraq, and it was something that uh, that that let. Well, here's one of the quotes from a soldier that was in a uh, similar situation, just kind of give you an idea of how they were feeling about what happened. They said, I've sacrificed a lot to serve my country. All that I ask in return is to be allowed to bring home the incredible dog that wandered into my life here in Iraq and prevented me from becoming terribly callous toward life. The woman in the in the article had been uh, stop-lost, meaning she was held against her will uh, to continue working in the military beyond her original end date for 15 months. Additional. And, Exactly, and you could see how that might depress somebody, how that might bum somebody out, and having a, a ball it, of fur helping you get through that could seems be, to be quite... Yeah, it seems to be likely that she's probably spent more than two years in Iraq. Right, uh, so having a, a lovable little uh, dog to enjoy while you're there is a wonderful way to get through it all. And But when she was trying to leave, and Baghdad Pups, an organization that helps bring dogs out of Iraq and bring them back to uh, the United States, so they're... Uh, the soldiers that found them can continue to love them even after they're out of Iraq. She was trying to leave with the dog, and they seized her animal. They seized it and cited some sort of military code that says that you're not allowed to fraternize with animals. You're not allowed to uh, to befriend befriend, uh, to yeah. befriend animals. And it's just disturbing. Some people have reported that their dogs have been executed in front of them. With a gunshot to the head. Let's go to Puke in New Hampshire, a man who was in the uh, U.S. military up until recently. You're on Free Talk Live on the Ampline. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just want to shed some uh, light on this. Um, the whole uh, the, the no befriending animals thing or whatever, that's only uh, when you're in a, a deployment area. Uh, basically, that is for sanitation reasons. You know, the, the military, uh, when, you're, when you're deployed in a combat zone like that, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, concerns over disease, and animals are vectors that uh, carry a lot of things like fleas and ticks and uh, rabies and such. Makes sense. So uh, why... it, there was a time up until relatively recently, uh, soldiers were killed. Were, more soldiers were killed by disease than they were by bullets. Right. And so that's and that's where that uh, that uh, uh, rule comes from. Um, so it, it doesn't have anything to do with soldiers in the states. Um, unless you live in the barracks, soldiers in the barracks aren't allowed to have pets. Uh, but that's kind of uh, beside the point. Um, the the whole thing, though, with the commander uh, taking the dog away right before it was being sent over is very strange because he had to have known that this soldier had the dog for quite some time. You'd I mean, think, it, yeah. It, you know, they spend hours and hours around each other all day. You know, it's not like you can really keep an animal secret like that so much. Yeah, and it's leaving um, the country. It, Who cares? You know, I mean, it's it's just yeah, weird. Exactly. The dog but isn't going to be with her. It, it's on the way to the United States. Yeah, it sounds to me like, and obviously it was being sent to the United States legally because, you know, customs and stuff, you've got to have all kinds of paperwork. And what it sounds like to me is the uh, the commander somehow got pissed off at this soldier and just decided to uh, take out retaliation. That's the only reason I could think of for him doing that. That would make um, sense because this organization, Baghdad Pups, apparently has been successfully taking dogs out of Iraq and sending them to the United States. So that was, and I guess that answers my question earlier as to why now? Why this one lady? Right. Why are we hearing about this one story? You're saying she pissed somebody off in the, the higher-ups and they decided to get her back by taking away the most precious thing in her life at that point. Which is, as right. we said, cruel. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, 
that's the most likely explanation. I mean, uh, it happens quite often in the military. Is you know, commanders or higher ups, um, they have you know almost in, uh, complete control over a soldier's life, and she might have done something or or not have worked nearly as hard as the commander thought she should have, mm-hmm. and you know, the dude is having a bad day. Uh, wow, uh, that's basically the only reason I could think of. But it, it is pretty disgusting of him to do. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a pretty underhanded thing to just uh, have this animal destroyed for no good reason. It's just, it is absolutely inhumane, sadistic, and twisted. And I thank you for the clarification. Any other thoughts tonight, Pew? No, that's all I wanted to fill you guys in on. As Thanks. always, appreciate the insight. Uh, always good to hear from the people that were on the inside and can have some, some good, more accurate speculation as to what the reasons could be than just us sitting around here in the studio. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. We go to Matt in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hi, Ian. I had a question about your uh, couch enforcer. Yes, uh, for those that aren't aware, this is a conflict that has been brewing here in the Keene, New Hampshire area where the Keene bureaucrats have decided to target me because my tenants have uh, left a couch out in their yard for a couple of years. And I guess somebody complained they didn't like that too much, and so they took me to court, or not the complainant, but the the city decided to drag me into court over this last week, and now they want me to come back to court for a so-called trial later this month. And, of course, all I've basically said has been, look, I'll be happy to remove the couch as long as the original complaining party will actually come and talk to me like an adult and tell me, you know, introduce themselves to me and let me know that they've got a problem with it, and then we can work it out like two uh, two adults would do that. And so until that happens, I'm not removing the couch. Go ahead with your thoughts. So during your discussion of the uh, incident, you mentioned possibly pretending to be mentally disabled so that the uh, authorities would treat you differently. Oh, no, no, and that was not, no, I, I think you misunderstood. That I, was, I, I, it, it was somewhat joking, I understand. No, it wasn't but. even in regards to the couch situation. That was in regards to the security apparatus at the federal courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire, where we were talking about how they were really cracking down at federal court as far as searching people, making them take their belts off, their shoes off, and just doing all kinds of uh, unnecessary security procedures simply because they were targeting uh, the liberty activists here in New Hampshire. So I, I'm sorry for any confusion, but that was not an any way related to the couch situation. Okay, that was my mistake. There's been so many uh, incidents about you guys visiting courtrooms lately that I've uh, got obviously. Yeah, yeah, so the idea was just but to anyway. have somebody go in and act mentally uh, handicapped in order to just play with the security guards. So isn't that, you know, you're misrepresenting or you would be misrepresenting yourself to uh, gain a better treatment and that sounds awfully close to fraud to me. And I that's don't know if that's. That I don't think you condone. Well, I don't know if that's fraud because nobody's really losing anything. Uh, there's nothing at risk. And as far as misrepresenting yourself, for all for all they know, uh, uh, you get mentally handicapped when you go through a security checkpoint. I mean, you could have some sort of weird mental deficiency that whenever there are authoritarians around, you <laughs> you can't really process commands effectively. And I don't know. We'll let you come back and talk more here. Hang on, 800-259-9231. But I don't think it's fraud. I'd love you guys to jump in with your thoughts here in a moment. 800-259-9231. This is your program. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. So enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, all you have to do is click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. There's no logging in, no membership fee. It's just free. So enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. And the world's largest machine gun shoot-in military gun show is coming up October 10th, 11th, and 12th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's knobcreekrange.com. As we go back to Matt in New Hampshire, calling with... uh, a question about something we discussed a few days ago on the program, and that was, I don't even remember whose idea it was, but the uh, the idea was proposed that because the federal goons at the courthouse in New, uh, Concord, New Hampshire, had been giving liberty activists such a hard time, somebody suggested that we have a little bit of fun with them by having someone go in the next time we're going to court for whatever reason, have somebody go in and act as though they are mentally handicapped and essentially just mess with the guys. And you had suggested that that might actually be fraudulent, uh, and I wanted to get the rest of the panel's thoughts on that. Well, it would be fraudulent if you entered into contract with a stupid, violent bureaucrat. Other than that, not fraud. Nick? Um, I don't think that fraud... People misrepresent themselves all the time in the in the sense that people will fudge a fact here and there. Uh, to me, fraud is when you're lying to essentially get either money or get something out of another person that you wouldn't otherwise get. Some sort of game. And to be honest, I don't have a problem defrauding um, bureaucrats <laughs> or, or the force part either. Go ahead, Matt. Well, to, to add more context to that, you guys were talking of, of also talking about, and again, I realize you said it was not something you intended to do, but you were talking about attempting to get some sort of recording device past security. Yeah. And Putting together, getting an uh, acting mentally handicapped and putting a recording device of some sort past security, that is misrepresenting yourself for some sort of gain or special advantage that you would not otherwise get. And that is, again, borderline. Right. Okay, in, 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 hold on. In sales, you have a, a practice called mirroring. Um, you, you, you will... Lean forward when the subject leans forward. You'll uh, you'll use some phrases that they use. You repeat back things that they have said. Um, and it's some some people take it so far as to uh, affect certain similar accent to what they have. And it, do you consider that fraudulent? No, certainly not. But all you're doing there is you are you're not saying that you are something else. You, well, I guess suppose suppose you might be saying you're interested when you're actually not. But you're not actually entirely, wholly misrepresenting yourself. You're not saying, I can do this for you when you actually can't. But the agreement is not legitimate. I mean, when you're, when you're, when you're going into this courthouse, uh, they are trying to take things away from you. And it's not because you've consented. It's because they have guns and a whole bunch of guys that are willing to, uh, to hurt you. So it's not like uh, you've got any sort of... Uh, overt, explicit agreement between both sides saying, yes, uh, we agree to obey your rules. If you can manage to slip something past those guys, you're not violating any sort of agreement. It's not like they're a regular private organization with legitimate rules. All of their rules are created arbitrarily, capricious.
capriciously and enforced on a whim. So I don't think there's anything in any way that is distasteful yeah. about this. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they're working for an organization that is stolen from me, yeah. and they're uh, they're you know applying force to me and my friends. No, I don't see any kind of uh, problem with it, and there's uh, to me but, there's no fraud at all. Right. You've all made it clear that they, they are applying force to you. They do have the gun, as, as we all agree. However, you've also agreed that it's not an appropriate time for you to respond back in kind with force. This is and true. I thought that the libertarian, uh, or I shouldn't say libertarian, but the free marketeer ethics that Ian uh, espouses put fraud at the same level of initiation of violence. And if it's not appropriate to respond with violence, and I would say it's also not appropriate to respond with fraud. To be honest, I'm at the, uh, personally, I'm at the point where I would say, more, on a moral level, is it appropriate to respond with force? Well, yes. If forth, force is initiated against you, then, yes, morally, you have a right to respond with force or fraud. And responding with force is a good way to get yourself killed or thrown in a jail cell. Responding with what could marginally be considered fraud in this case... Um, really probably won't land you in any trouble. And I still don't think it's fraud. You're no. not actually walking up and saying, I'm mentally handicapped, you need to let me through. You're just talking to them in an odd tone of voice. You're losing something, even I mean, without the mentally handicapped. I agree with Nick on this one. If, if a burglar breaks into my house, I have the choice. I don't have the moral obligation necessarily to shoot them in the head right there in the living room for breaking into my house. I have the choice as to whether or not I want to do that, depending on the situation and how I feel about it and, and applying all kinds of other uh, you know, decision-making factors. However, I would be in the right to do it. Um, and in this same case, I think that when you're dealing with people that have applied force to you, you have mm -hmm. the right to fight back. However, you're going to lose, and you are uh, going to lose the PR battle. You're going to lose in every single way. So... The fact that you don't use force doesn't mean that you don't have the right to use force. And so, therefore, even with your application of this, which I'm not sure I entirely agree with, the application of fraud in this situation is not unfounded. You're not gaining anything. When you go through the security checkpoint you, you and you manage be, you to... You might get the recorder through. Is you what managed to retain your recorder, but they were trying to take that away from you. They're using force on you right up front in order to... If you want to go to their little trial, which is supposed to be public, they're using force on you to extract different devices and things that they don't want in their courtroom, so you're just simply trying to retain your current status, and I think it's completely legitimate uh, to, to lie to them or do what you need to do, retain whatever information you need to retain in order to keep yourself whole. I mean, as, a, as another example, what if you were being robbed in the street and the criminal points a gun at you and says, give me all your money? And, you know, not wanting to get into a fight, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, you pull out your wallet, you open it up in front of him, you show him what's in there, and you hand him the $200 that happens to be in your wallet. But you don't tell him about the secret pocket somewhere else in your wallet where you keep an extra $500 just in case of uh, emergencies or something like that. I mean, that's essentially this, a similar situation. You just Someone told him is, now. I'm sorry? You just told him now. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that's the truth, but uh, I'm just pointing out that it's a very similar situation in which someone is using force on you and you you may be using a little bit of deception or in this case just simply not revealing the whole truth in order to retain your possessions in order to retain uh, your yourself being whole i mean that's essentially the same situation don't you agree i think you're right i mean i, I think you've convinced me 
All right. There you go, Matt. Thanks for the call. It was a good issue. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I, I think you've got to try to split hairs on the moral issues to see, you know, to see where you're at. Right. And so you're not gaining, if you're not gaining, and there's no potential to gain, then it, it doesn't, I mean, yes, fraud can be defined as deceit and trickery, but more explicitly, it's when you can get something out of being deceitful. Otherwise, it'd be fraud to, you know, wear a mask on Halloween because you're representing yourself as someone else. But if you aren't getting anything out of it, then, in my opinion, it's not fraudulent. I would love your thoughts on this at 1-800-259-9231. As we continue here, we go to Mark in Brazil. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind, Mark? Uh, I was just listening to the podcast here about the We the People Foundation and their, their the cancellation of the, uh, the, the, the uh, Constitution Day event. Yeah, they canceled their yeah, well, hunger strike in Washington, D.C. Yeah, because yeah. the bureaucrats uh, wouldn't allow them to do it. Yeah, I was going to try and suggest uh, why. Well, you know, I have no idea if they uh, are listening uh, to the show or not ever, but as a, as a suggest an alternative strategy. They keep going at the strategy of it's the people versus the government. And I think that it would be more interesting to try to get the government, uh, in a sense, discussing this issue with itself. And what I mean by that is if they could find some people probably best in the legislative branch, willing to sign a document with some answers to their questions. They can't. Uh, They've been trying they, that for they years. They, They've been, uh, they no. have presented, I'll, we'll bring you back, we can discuss this more, but the We the People organization for years has been petitioning Congress, all 535 members, to get answers to their very simple questions about various things like the taxes and the Iraq war and things like that. Nobody responds, not even Ron Paul will respond to these people. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So just start your shopping there. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Also, if you're looking for computer parts, head over to Newegg.FreeTalkLive.com. That's one of our newest affiliate programs that we've joined up with in the last couple of months because of, well, popular demand. Our listeners said, hey, we buy lots of stuff at Newegg. Maybe you could join their affiliates program. Sure. We'll take a percentage of your money from uh, purchasing at Newegg. So if you want to buy computer parts and other electronic stuff like that, you can go to newegg.freetalklive.com. As we continue, and we bring back Mark in Brazil. You're back on Free Talk Live. You'd asked about the We the People organization, which is an interesting group that has been doing, I think, some pretty good work uh, at the, the national level, trying to get answers from the federal government about a bunch of questions they have. And you had ta- pointed out, Mark, that they had canceled their hunger strike, and you'd suggest, well, maybe they should just go to a member of Congress uh, in order to get some answers about the questions that they have in regards to the constitutionality of the Iraq war and the income tax and various other different issues that they want to get some info on. But the problem is that's what they've been trying to do, and it was the reason for the hunger strike in the first place was because they tried several times to get answers from Congress or anybody else in the federal government, and nobody wanted to talk to them. Plus, they actually took it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rejected the case, therefore upholding a lower court's ruling that basically said, you can petition the government 
for a redress of grievances, but nobody actually has to give you any redress. So that's why they went with the hunger strike idea, which they then proceeded to cancel uh, because the federal government would not allow them to sleep in the park uh, in in Washington, D.C. So they've exhausted that option. Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, what doesn't make sense is uh, Ron, uh, Ron Paul, for example, he's already gone officially public, even in the debates, in saying that he thought that the, uh, the war in Iraq is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So they already have evidence that uh, there at least is one member of Congress who believes that. Uh, I would think that it would make sense for them to try to build a case, maybe not on all the issues, but at least on some of the issues in which people already have publicly made statements about what they think and try to get some sort of position because the whole, the whole point in, in, in building a legal case is to create some sort of precedent, have some sort of opinion out there that's official saying, hey, this is the way things are. Because when you do that, then you force them to have to argue otherwise. Until now, they, all they're doing is probably sending some official letters saying, we want answers, we want answers. And I think the better position is to say, look, we have some of the answers and we're going to act upon them. And in order, in order for that to have any value, they act upon it. They get the other branch of government upset by doing so and say, no, this is not right. Then you create a discussion between the branches of government, and it's no longer the people versus the government. I think that would potentially be at least more effective than what they've done so far, which has apparently had no results. When you say they're going to act upon, what do you mean they're going to act upon what? Well, they, they supposedly are, uh, I don't know, they're not paying taxes because they think it's unconstitutional or, mm-hmm. or the war in Iraq is unconstitutional. They're going to do, I don't know, they, they, what they have to do is they have to provoke a discussion between the branches of, of government based upon the facts that are already out there, such as some members of Congress believe the war was unconstitutional, some members of Congress believe this or that, or I don't know whatever else about it. It's similar to an approach that they, in, a, in a sense, that the U, uh, people are dealing with international law and the UN do, which is, you know, at the end of the day, who really cares what the UN says? But if the UN says something, suddenly someone official has said something about an important issue. And then they use that, for example, at the International Court of Justice, whatever, they say, look, the UN says this or that, and therefore there's precedent within law that the case should be decided this way or that way. So you turn it into a discussion between supposedly official sources of opinion about case law or precedent instead of, a, a, of this, this sort of futile battle between the people and the government. But nobody like wants to talk. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but nobody in the government wants to talk about these issues, and that's their number one problem is they don't want to have uh, a conversation. That's true, but come on. In the primaries, Ron Paul was openly talking about a number of these issues. I, don't, I have no idea why Ron Paul would not respond to this uh, particular petition. He never has responded. His office will not respond to them. Uh, they went, and they didn't just send letters. They went and they served these things. They went in every uh-huh. single to every single member of Congress's office and served them with these papers. So it was much more than just you know sending something through the mail. They actually went down there and hand delivered these things. And nobody, not even Ron Paul's office, responded. So I mean, and they don't if, want to talk. Even if you could get the uh, legislative branch to uh, say something that you know some people in the legislative branch to say it's unconstitutional, how do you get anybody in the executive branch to respond? No, who would respond basically uh, would be the judicial branch saying that the opinion of the members of the legislative branch are irrelevant by essentially rule, uh, overruling what they've said. That's the conflict you want to generate. Look, uh, you know, Ron Paul maybe But why would the judicial, I'm sorry, Mark, why would the judicial huh? branch want to even step in? What's their, what is their interest in, in getting involved? Oh, the judicial? 
Yeah, why would the judicial branch step in and say anything about this? There's no case. Because you have to, no, because what they've, well, they've been, at least they've been successful in provoking cases that lead to a judicial review, right? They've taken this to the courts. They have. The problem is that they set it up as an argument between the people and the courts, and it should be an argument between the different branches of government. It's an interesting idea. I don't know if they're going to – I mean, certainly I don't know if Bob Schultz listens to this program. I doubt it. He's probably a busy guy. Uh, but you might want to send something off to them. I don't know how all of the intricacies of the system work as far as how you get uh, to pit the different branches of government against one another in a, in a court situation because – You'd have to bring the case yourself, in which case then it is the people versus the government again. So how would you get the – I mean, maybe I just don't understand well enough, but how would you get the legislature to have a case against the judicial branch? You would quote them. It's a very simple thing. Let's say you're going to argue the the constitutionality of the Iraq war. You have videotaped testimony from at least one member, if not other members of Congress, saying that the war is unconstitutional. That's what I would submit as evidence. And that, when that's overruled, then basically the judicial branch is saying what these members of Congress say is irrelevant. Now, maybe they, they, they don't care, but usually that gets people upset. I think it would be worth trying. I mean, you know, the, the stuff they've been trying is uh, futile. I don't see yeah. why, uh, you know, you wouldn't try this. There you go. Thanks, Mark, for the yeah. call. Appreciate the idea. Eight hundred. I don't know if it's futile. It, the stuff they've tried hasn't worked um, in the court system, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I, it seems, you know, try it. Hey. Yeah, what do you got to lose, right? Yeah, my support. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com. Enter the promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Promo code you need is 600, and that allows you to start your free trial of WebEx today. As we continue, go to the amp line. Who is this? Unscreen call. Uh, this is David from Lakeland. Hi, David. What's Florida. on your mind tonight? Um, I wanted to bring back. Uh, first of all, I wanted to agree, agree about the um, the whole lying to uh, government officials thing. I, I I don't see any reason to cooperate with people who are pointing guns at you. Very good. Um, but um, I wanted to bring back up the uh, whole ice cream truck thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> I really cannot. Uh, here in Florida, I work construction, and I work in some pretty rural areas and some pretty residential areas, and it can be there can be no one around and these trucks will come down these streets day after day after day and i can't understand how they could make a dime i, re- I mean i bought ice cream from them cuz i feel bad for them hmm. but you know i mean even at 2 bucks a pop you have to sell an awful lot of ice cream to make up even what you pay in gas not to mention wear and tear on your vehicle and and if they're not selling drugs, they should be. <laughs> selling weed out of the back of the ice cream truck. It's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, as, the, as Peter called earlier and suggested, he said the markup's tremendous, so they're getting But this the, is Florida. The, uh, you know, the markup may, may still be tremendous, but uh, you don't have to make quite as much quite as often because um, – and it's, it's not the novelty because, you know, you could buy ice cream pretty much year-round in Florida. Well, the markup, it was what Peter said, was tremendous on the ice cream. Yeah. So you're making a lot on every sale. If it's, a, if it's a business that you own yourself, obviously you can save on staffing. If you're out there just driving your own truck, you don't have to pay some kid or somebody else to do that. And, of course, in any business, uh, staffing costs are going to be one of your most um, the biggest chunks of overhead. So that could be a way to save some money is to run the business yourself. But Most of the trucks look like they should have been condemned long ago, so... 
That... No doubt, no doubt. But still, even that, I mean, the older the truck, the more you're going to be spending on repairs, and right. the more you're going to be spending on gas. And I tell you what, I can't imagine. I, even, like I said, they $2 a pop. If it's 100% profit mm-hmm. and they sell, I don't know, 20 of these a day or even... It's more than 100% profit. It's more than 100% profit. They're not paying a dollar for a $2 uh, ice cream no, novelty. Probably 25 cents or yeah. something. I mean, buying them in bulk. Even that. Even that. I mean, if they're making. It, even if they're getting. If it's all profit. You know, there's no. I mean, they're only. I, like I said, I bought them. So I know it's like yeah. two bucks a pop. If it's two bucks a pop and they sell, you know, a hundred of them, that's two hundred dollars a day. It seems like a very difficult. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, David. It seems like a very difficult business model to sustain, but people still manage to do it, I guess. And maybe they are selling drugs. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. (laughs) Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour three coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into Hour 3 of the program. You can dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231 and bring up whatever you want. That is the point of the program. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go to your calls if they're on the line, but they're not. So, therefore, we will change over to Nick. Uh, you've got some interesting statistics about how Americans are pretty much fed up with Congress people. And the last statistic I had heard was like a 9% approval rating. So it's not quite that bad, these numbers, but what do you got for us? Uh, well, this is from WorldNet Daily, and they're reporting this. It sounds like this survey was done right after the bailout package had passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously a lot of Americans are not too happy about that. And a Rasmussen poll revealed that three in five voters would like to kick out every member of the House and Senate if they had the option. Um, only seven, I'm with them. Right. So 59%. I'd like to kick them all out and replace them with no one. Well, that's what you would like to do. <laughs> I think it'd still be superior just to kick them all out. Just yeah, to, okay. the, the, to, to that level of confusion in Washington, D.C. would be good. <laughs> right. And um, only 17% of voters polled said they would be willing to keep the current legislature. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see. The polling firm recorded that um, 30% of voters approved of the bailout, while 45 did not. And there were some who were undecided. Um, and uh, confidence in Congress is not very high. Only 23% of Americans have even a little confidence in the ability of Congress to address the nation's economic problems. And 76% have come to the realization, finally, 
that most federal legislators uh, don't even understand bills before they vote on them. Yeah, they uh, they've they've admitted it uh, in public that they they couldn't possibly read these things. How could they? But that's a, that's a perception that I don't think was out there up until a few. I think a lot of people used to think that Congress must read the bills before they vote on them, right? And hmm. then I think, especially with things like the Patriot Act um, and many other appropriations that have been done recently that have some uh, surprises in buried somewhere in the text, people have come to the realization that Congress doesn't really read the laws that they pass. What was the percentage on that? Uh, 76% doubt that most federal legislators huh. even understand bills before they vote on them. Um, and one of the funnier uh, statistics that they got out of this was that less than half of the American people, according to the poll, 49% believe the current Congress is any more capable than a group of people picked from the phone book. <laughs> and nearly a third of respondents think the phone book Congress would do a better job. Yeah. Um, so obviously... Approval rating is not good for Congress, and this article actually goes on to mention that uh, for the first hundred years of the United States' history, after the Constitution was adopted, uh, congressional elections typically uh, saw a turnover rate of about, the average of about 50%. Uh, after the New Deal era, those numbers began to decline, and hmm. six, since 1968, which was also the uh, beginning of the Great Society, I believe, under Johnson, no national election has managed to muster even a 10% turnover. So, obviously, yeah. Americans would like to throw the people in Washington out. They're just not willing to do it, or they uh, there's so many uninformed people voting that they just vote for the name that they recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just think it's when push comes to shove, uh, people just vote for whoever can muster... Uh, the most campaign ads and I, I really think people vote very superficially on who appears to be the strongest candidate and clearly the incumbent is going to have an advantage there right so the numbers are saying one thing the polling numbers are saying americans are very very upset but what's going to happen in november what will the actual results end up being this year will we see another 90 percent re-election rate for the incumbents as it typically is i predict we probably will because talk is cheap it, it is – talk is cheap, but uh, I think this year you could see a bit of a shift. I mean, I think a lot of Americans feel more personally affected uh, by what the Congress is doing than they did a few years ago. Uh, you know, people could talk all they wanted about the Iraq war, but honestly, taxes hadn't gone up and very few people were actually serving overseas, and it's a volunteer force, so m- most of them wanted to be there or join the military voluntarily – so, you know, people were upset about the Iraq war, but I think that the economic problems that the country is facing are probably serious enough that people are, they're angry. Is it going to translate into votes that are going to throw a bunch of the incumbents out? I don't know, but it could be somewhat different this year. We'll find out, and uh, over time it'll be interesting to see what uh, what actually happens if something new occurs. But unfortunately, the problem here is that Americans are pretty good at identifying What's wrong? Americans, you know, whether they can explicitly identify it, like Congress is bad news or the president sucks or whatever, whether they can explicitly identify what they think the problem is or it's just a, they feel like something's wrong. You know, maybe they notice the police state. Uh, maybe they're noticing the, the crackdown and the war on drugs and other things like that. They're noticing how freedom is, is slipping away. They may be able to accurately identify the symptoms but they don't realize what the real root of the problem is. So Americans may say, well, this uh, the administration is terrible or these congresspeople are terrible. 
but we believe the solution is to just put different people in. And so they haven't come around to the real uh, solution, which, of course, would be to dissolve the federal government entirely. And I think that's why it's it's pertinent uh, that that we talk about secession as much as as possible. And and I don't just mean on this program. I mean, in our individual lives, when we're talking with with friends and family members and talk about the idea of, hey, you can't really fix Congress. It's it's an inherently broken system. It's people trying to force their way and force, force their will and their ideas and their value sets on other people. And any way you slice that, as far as who gets elected, it's going to be bad news. I don't care how brilliant they are. As we were talking earlier, uh, one of our callers was you know, being very worshipful towards one particular politician. Oh, he's so brilliant. Well, that's fine and all. They may be really, really bright, but when you're using your brilliance to control other people, you're going to get, you're going to get problems. You're going to get un- unintended consequences. So Americans can identify that there's something wrong, Nobody can, yeah, don't Nobody can predict exactly what's going to happen with a given uh, restriction on the marketplace. And I think that that's where, the, the, you know, the, that, that's where all the problems start from that, that we see here in, in modern life, it seems like, is the government restricting this or that and then attempting to fix some of the problems of its restrictions and then more of the problems of its additional restrictions. Mm-hmm. And it's just this never-ending thing that, that you know, makes the government bigger and bigger and bigger right. and costs more and more and more until at some point or another it's going to implode. And nobody ever stands up and says, hey, wait a minute, instead of creating new government programs to, uh, to solve these problems created by the old government programs, why don't we just try backing off and getting the government out of it. I mean, the, the Republicans used to say stuff like that, but they don't even say that anymore. They barely even pay lip service to the marketplace these days. And the Republicans are, are, are being at least a little more honest about worshipping the state and uh, putting the uh, putting the collective above the individual. I mean, with John McCain's campaign slogan of country first, it's pretty darn obvious that they aren't talking about pulling oneself up by the bootstraps anymore. They're not talking about individual uh, liberty or anything like that. They're just they're not even bothering to put a facade up. It's disturbing. You know, I actually saw that Naomi Wolf, who had, uh, she's written about the 10 steps uh, that societies take towards fascism. Fascism or a closed society, not necessarily specifically fascism. And um, she's warning now that we've taken essentially the 10th step is in progress, suspending the rule of law. And she said the bailout was probably, and the other extraordinary measures that the government's going to take as a result of. The economic problems are probably that final stage where the rule of law is essentially suspended and the government doesn't even play by its own rules, which they've never really <laughs> We're done. already there, yeah. Well, to some extent, but I mean, well, to the point where they can just, you know, just over star chambers or, and things like that. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, the, the, the serious hard side of statism. Right. And I think she could be right, unfortunately. I think you're right about that as well. Well, don't forget that uh, habeas corpus and posse comitatus have been suspended with the Military Commissions Act and and that kind of thing. So, well, I mean, that that might be the suspension of law, too. And it used to be that e- even without those things, it, it used to be that the Congress would have to declare uh, either a state of war or would have to um, authorize some kind of a state of martial law. Now the president, I mean, one person at their whim can make that decision, and actually the way the law is written in the Military Commissions Act, I was reading some of the language, and um, it's very vague about what a crisis is defined as, but it actually refers to anything that threatens the, uh, something to the effect of the economic stability or the economic soundness of the country, so you, you could see a president declare martial law 
for economic reasons. Yeah, because people aren't paying taxes or something like that. It's possible. Any, I mean, it's a crisis is what we say it is. We're the government. And you're not. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. Bring up anything that you want. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there. Head over and enjoy for free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. Come on out here to New Hampshire during the middle of the wintertime and enjoy a weekend with hundreds of other liberty-minded folks. A lot of people that already live here in New Hampshire, some of the early movers of the Free State Project, and a whole bunch of people that are considering moving and and looking in to this idea of moving as many liberty-loving people to the same geographic area as possible. And that, of course, is our lovely New Hampshire. Uh, The Liberty Forum is going to be a great opportunity to not only network with other liberty-loving activists and get to know some of these great people up here, but also to see some uh, some talented liberty-oriented speakers like Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, Will Buchanan from The Walk for Liberty, John Taylor Gatto, uh, Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. There are going to be far more speakers announced than just that, so that's just a teaser for what's to come. Get signed up now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Free Talk Live will be in attendance the entire time, and we'll be broadcasting live from there, so you get to meet us and meet all kinds of interesting people. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use the code, discount code, 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Get a 10% discount on the already low, low early bird pricing. Uh, so once again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You know, here's an interesting issue. We'll get, actually, we'll get to this in a moment, but it's about California and their deficit and how they want a loan from the federal government. I want to talk about that. But first, let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live, Gene. Hey, I wanted to bring up uh, global warming. Okay. Now, I've... Uh discussed this in the past with you guys, and I said that I don't believe that uh, these inconsequential little life forms on this planet called human beings possess enough power to uh, affect the, uh, the global ecosystem. I think you're right. And, and I, uh, you know, I use as an example when I'm flying in an airplane at 35,000 feet and you look down at these smokestacks that look so big and powerful from the ground you can't even see them from the air. I mean, mm-hmm. they're that inconsequential. And you look out at the horizon, you see these, this gigantic uh, atmosphere around this planet. And uh, so when I was in Reno a few weeks ago, I had dinner with uh, some physics friends of mine that uh, work in the physics department at the University of Nevada, where I had worked in the past. And I proposed to one of them, his name is Andrew, and he's a pretty smart kid, He's hardly a kid, but uh, I call him a kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he's a pretty smart guy. And so I said, here's, a, here's something for you to think about. I said, let's say I just give you a budget of a trillion dollars. Your only goal, your only uh, thing to do with that money is to try and pollute the environment. So you have a budget of a trillion dollars. You're going to be as efficient as you can at creating pollution. Can you significantly pollute this planet to any degree? And... He thought about that for a while. I talked to him the other day, and he said, well, you know, if, if you rule out nuclear, which I, I told him I wanted to rule out nuclear, and bioweapons, because those, you know, they take a specific kind of thing that, that could target just mankind. 
But if you rule those two out, he said, even with a trillion dollars, you couldn't do it because you 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 wouldn't be able to expend enough energy uh, spewing out pollutants to make a significant difference in the uh, levels in the planet. So this whole global warming thing is nothing more than a scam to get people to knuckle under the to government control or grow, cult cult control. And that's all it is. It's another tool, another scare tactic. Uh, so, and, and I didn't figure this out because I have a Ph.D. in physics or anything. I figured it out because I was using common sense. I looked at the size of the planet, and I looked at the size of us little tiny people, and I said, there's just no way. Yeah, it and, seems more likely, uh, as some have suggested, that it's the sun. You know, changes in the sun. That they say that the atmosphere likely. on Mars is warming up, too. Yes, certainly the sun does possess the ability to warm or uh, cool the planet by cutting down the radiation levels. That's a different. That's a totally different ta- topic. But mankind, uh, we actually are puffing ourselves up and giving ourselves a big head to think that our little activities can affect this gigantic planet that we live on. I mean, it's just it's a ridiculous even proposition to make. I actually um, attended, there was a lecture at Keynes State about a week ago, and I, I unfortunately I forget um, the name of the professor who was giving the presentation. He was somebody from Massachusetts, a physics professor, um, and he was actually giving a presentation on why global warming was a hoax. Hmm. Um, wow. So the physics, department, but the physics department put this on, so they were putting up the alternate viewpoint. Uh, the point he made is that if you actually look at it by the numbers, the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, only about 4% of it is man-made, and carbon dioxide is a tiny percentage of the actual atmosphere, and there are much more potent um, greenhouse gases. Right, and this Actually, is the- water vapor is much more significant than carbon dioxide as a whole. As is methane, and this is the thing that uh, just, it's all this bull crap. They, they're worrying about pollutants, which might create uh, CO2. However, the bigger deal is methane. The fact is, if you drove a Prius and ate hamburgers, you're creating more greenhouse gases than if you're a vegetarian driving an Escalade. And uh, this is what they're not telling people when they're talking about global warming. Because you're not going to get Americans uh, to stop eating hamburgers for get it and, and that would it would take the whole thing off the table people often uh, also like to uh, use the volcano as an example when they, the volcano eruptions pollute the atmosphere far more than mankind ever does mm-hmm. good points gene i thank you for the call tonight appreciate it 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line as we continue here, this story from Bloomberg.com, where Cal and I'd, I'd seen stories about this over the past several days, and I'd wanted to discuss it. We just never got to it. Uh, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger may order lawmakers into emergency session to address a mounting deficit. Now, a deficit, as I understand it, is where the government is planning to spend more than they're going to get in as far as taxes. Correct. It's not what they owe. It's what they, you know, they're spending more than they, they, they're earning. Right. So two weeks after a record-long impasse ended with the legislature over the budget, Schwarzenegger is scheduled to meet with the Senate leadership in his Capitol office in Sacramento, where they'll be presented with the fiscal projections for September. 
According to the story here, revenue for the state is coming in lower than expected, so that's something they may need to do. He signed a $143 billion budget, ending an 85-day stalemate with lawmakers over how to close a $15 billion deficit in the fiscal year that began in July. Tax revenue tied to income and capital gains is declining in the state as the U.S. economy falters and stock markets slide. The situation is complicated by frozen credit markets that may impede the state's ability to borrow as much as $7 billion of short-term notes next week without the loan. The state could run out of cash by the month's end. So Schwarzenegger last week wrote to uh, Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson saying he may ask the federal government for an emergency loan if the state can't find investors willing to lend the state money until tax receipts arrive. So... What I'm curious about here, or the the issue is, we've talked before on this program, and I've said that, well, if the state government people run out of money, then they're just SOL. They've got to actually cut back. They've got to they've got to cut programs. They've got to cut spending in order to to balance their budget. But apparently, I was wrong about that. Apparently, they could just go to the federal government and ask for a bailout. Hmm. Now, the federal government may be bailing out uh, various different state governments. I want to come back and discuss this more. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And... If you are of college age, perhaps just graduating college or just going in or actually in the midst of it, you need to know about LibertarianInternships.com. Spring and summer internships in broadcast and print journalism are available. The Institute for Humane Studies is looking for good communicators from all majors to place at daily papers and major media outlets for the spring or the summer. Uh, Plus, you're not just going to get an internship. You're going to get paid. Back when I did radio, I didn't get a dime for the nine months that I was an intern before I finally got hired. You damn so. kids. When I was yeah. in radio, I, we had to go to the station with no <laughs> shoes. So uh, this is a really good deal. Uh, not only do you get paid, but you also get a career workshop and opportunities to network in major media centers like New York City, L.A., D.C., uh, plus opportunities to be published, free books, tuition, travel assistance, and get signed up for this. Go to libertarianinternships.com because the deadline to apply for an early summer decision is November 1st. So you want to jump on over onto this at libertarianinternships.com. 1-800-259-9231. The story is about California, but as I understand it, it's not just California. I think there's one or two other states with a deficit problem in that the government is not getting as much from taxes uh, simply because the economy's kind of taking a tumble housing prices are going down and they're just not getting as much money in so they're still spending as much as they've been spending but they're not getting as much in so now they're going to ask the federal government for a bailout well even here in New Hampshire I understand that there's an expected shortfall um but from what I've heard it sounds like they're actually going to cut cut spending and 
not that I approve of it, but if they need to, they're going to raise, raise taxes, taxes and cut spending at the same time. So they're actually going to balance the budget instead of borrowing money. Well, and that's I guess it's I guess borrowing is a more accurate term. This is actually a loan. Uh, California is looking for a seven billion dollar loan. They apparently had tried to go to credit markets to get this loan, but the, 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 apparently the markets are frozen. I don't know much about how all that works, uh, but essentially they've run out of options, and they've now gone to the Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson and asked for seven billion dollars in a loan. So here's my question: What happens? If the federal government prints out $7 billion, because remember, they don't have $7 billion just sitting in a vault somewhere. This has to be created from thin air. They owe money to foreign investors. Who, who the, the feds? The feds owe money to foreign investors. Right, right. So they don't have any money sitting around. Exactly. The, anything the government has, they just took from somebody else, and they're already giving it out to their bureaucrats or their welfare programs or military complex, whatever. So my question is, if the $7 billion is printed up and loaned to California, and then California doesn't pay back the loan, what happens? They uh, dissolve the state of California and... Um, it, the, would it, it be the district of California I at that point? No, <laughs> Nothing. Absolutely nothing happens. So California must know this, right? I mean, if they don't pay back the loan, there's nothing that's going to really occur. Well, I mean, the federal government will probably take the state to court... Mm-hmm. And the federal government will win, and the state will face a court order. And then what? <laughs> yeah, th- what, this what is, kind of order? Th- th- this is well, one of those what, situations of like getting a loan from your mom. Your mom cannot do anything to collect a loan from you. Mm-hmm. She can uh, take you to court. She can, and then you know, actually, your mom probably has more power than the the federal government to get money out well, of you. Um, likely, your mother will never take you to court. If, uh, t- I would say, if I was the federal government, I might freeze the bank accounts of the state of California until they pay back, until they agree to send the money out. I mean, they have that power. The federal government controls the banking system, essentially, so they do have the ability to get the money back. They just say, all right, well, you took our money to run the state government. Now you're not going to pay it back. Well, we're just going to shut down all your bank accounts. If California if it negotiates then down, California pays back the money. Well, no, they likely. don't. They they negotiate how much they pay. Um, you know, they 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 paid uh, you know smaller and smaller monthly payments or whatever. Because you know, I'm sorry, they're just it's governments. They scratch each other's backs. Right. The government. I don't think the federal the, the federal government is going to say, well, look, we want this from you, and you're the bi- biggest, most influential state, and we want you to raise the drinking age to 30, or you know, some other ludicrous bull crap. And California will go along with it, and the federal government will forgive the loan or they'll use uh, it forgive, as leverage. Yeah, th- that's yeah. What, exactly what's going to happen, and that's how it well, always goes. Okay, well, if the hypothetical is simply that California is having trouble paying it back on time, uh, they're just going to probably extend the loan. If California was refusing to just pay back the money, then the federal government would probably take action. But if the, if California says, well, we didn't really get enough to pay you back from the tax receipts, the federal government will probably just extend the period of the loan. And expect California to make right. And when a loan gets year, um, extended long enough, there's no point in paying it back because you're uh, because inflation has uh, taken the interest rate and essentially um, you know reversed it to the point that you're paying back less than you borrowed in the first place in real value. Right. Well, the federal government probably doesn't care too much because it's no, not their no, money. No, they probably don't. And they're printing plenty not right. of their money. Already. Right. That's why it's just I'm blown away by this. You guys were mentioning during the break that if uh, California gets this loan, it hasn't gone through yet. 
But if California gets this loan, then isn't that going to just encourage other state governments to say, whoa, we can get free money from the government? Let's just spend... Uh, They're all going to be out there with their hands out, um, you know, clinking their little tin cups. Oh, we got to get some money. And then they'll do... <laughs> then they'll be beholden to the federal government and do whatever it is that the federal government wants yeah. them to do. As though they aren't beholden already. Real ID, anybody? You know... Um, oh, yeah. They can put whatever terms they want on this, right? They absolutely... You know, they'll make the terms up after they give the loan. The District of California. I mean, we're not that far away from this. Would they? I mean, could they? Could they like dissolve the California government and essentially make it like a federal? I don't think they ever would, just for the um, sole purpose of uh, uh, continuity. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of. That, that's not really the way we work things. They here just in the own United them, States. lock, stock, and barrel. And they essentially do now. You know, with all the money yeah. that the uh, federal states money. Get. I mean, the amount of federal money that they get is probably in the billions of dollars for a state the size of California. So they're already very much beholden to the federal government, as are the other 49 states. And, you know, this is another reason for secession. It's another reason to bring up secession, because you've got state governments that are more fiscally responsible than California. Look, I'm no fan of governments, but that's the reality, right? Some of them are just better than others as far as spending what they get in. New Hampshire is pretty darn decent, as you were talking earlier, Nick, about about keeping their budget as accurate as, as possible. So if you've got a situation where a state like California is sucking $7 billion uh, I guess out of the the federal government resulting in inflating the money supply, that's essentially taxing everyone in the country, even those people that are in the state governments or that live in the states where the governments there are being more fiscally responsible. Now we're all on the line paying for California's mistakes. That's yet another reason for somebody to say, this is crazy. We want out. Secession. It's a great point, and I think it's not just deficits that you're going to see the government stepping in here. Um, I've heard a lot of reports that with the credit markets tightening the way they have been, it's become very, very expensive for governments and nonprofits uh, to get bonds, which is usually how, whether it's your local city or your state, pays for a long-term construction project. So if they want to pave a whole bunch of roads, usually they take out, say, a $20 million bond, which is a loan, and they'll pay it back at a certain rate of interest. But the and it's tax-free interest. Right. Municipal bonds. But that those interest rates are going up and up and up, and in some cases, the credit just isn't as available. So if a city wants to fund some kind of a infrastructure project, they might start turning to the federal government. So and cities could be going to the feds. Cities, states, counties, I mean, any any municipal government body that usually would borrow at least borrow the money from the private market – now they're going to turn, probably, I would think, to the federal government and look for some kind of a fund or something like that. I realize that $7 billion seems like chump change compared to $700 billion, but if this keeps happening, if more state governments start getting these uh, these loans, if more city if city governments start getting loans from the federal government, I mean, you're talking about a crazy another crazy uh, amount of inflation that is just going to re- wreak even more havoc. It's going to result in these state governments' economy doing worse. The state governments are still going to have trouble meeting their budgets. Well, they're going to no, need no, more still, money. Still, they're going to be encouraged to have trouble uh, meeting their budgets because they're going to get more low-interest loans from the Fed. It's just crazy. So the, the, we're, we're incentivizing, essentially, uh, you know, the, the destruction of our whole monetary system and the, the governmental system. 1-800-259-9231. The beginning of the end, hopefully, for the federal government. Let's Eating get out itself. while we still can. It's Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control even in these remaining moments by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. Enjoy those on us. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you need to vote for us. Please uh, take a moment and go to vote.freetalklive.com. It's been a competitive month. So far in the Podcast Alley Top 10 voting ranking, uh, the number two show, which we happen to be uh, friends with, I guess you could say, they're providing some pretty tough competition for us this month. And we need you to vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. It's not really tough competition. It's that uh, we're just not getting the vote out. Okay. Um, yeah, like our vote just isn't coming out. We're at 352 votes um, on the seventh. We've gotten as high as like 1,200 or 1,600 before, right? Yeah, those are the you know by the end of the month. But usually it shoots way up at the beginning of the month, and then you know we we get a steady amount for the rest of the month. We should be at we should be at six or seven hundred. So votes please right stop now. us from begging. I mean, if we uh, if we get enough votes ahead, we'll stop begging for votes. But we need to uh, to stay number one because being number one means more new people finding this program, discovering the message of freedom and liberty, and it's very good for us. And so it'd be appreciated if you would go to vote.freetalklive.com. It takes you just a minute. All you need is your email address just for verification purposes. That is all. That again is vote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls. Start with Jerry in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jerry. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm thinking about, you said something about methane gas. Yeah, we were talking about it at being I'm thinking that in order to secede, like you said, Mm -hmm. we have to be off the grid. In order to be off the grid, off the grid? Why do we have to be off the grid to secede? Well, let's put it this way. They're um, controlling us with oil. They might. Every home had a had a, um, a, a septic connected to some kind of a methane producing um, thing, whatever it is, right? And we could live off. We could actually heat our homes with methane. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I see where you're coming from. I'm not at? sure why that's necessary for secession. I mean, if you want to go live off the grid, well, grid, that's fine. The, I, idea I think is, the idea is that the United States would blockade our oil supply. Oh, I see. Is that what you're suggesting? Supply. That's what I'm saying. It's a possibility. Um, you know, and we'd be freer. I, I'm with you on that. I would like to see all those kinds of things. I was looking at uh, a friend of mine has a uh, compost pile, and I was looking at his compost pile just producing an, a tremendous amount of tremendous steam. Tremendous amount of energy. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how one could do these things, but you would well, think that some you know, well, inventive person I, I, I would just... figure out how to you know, profit off of providing us uh, heat from our own poo. I think I think um, Howard Johnson or some other chemical company was uh, was on TV saying that they run their whole factory with methane. Isn't Howard Johnson a hotel chain? It used to be a hotel. I'm in sorry. I'm, it's one of the people that produces um, things to wash uh, clothes with. We'll take your word for it. So I see where you're yeah. coming from on that. And I think that I don't think that's something that is uh, necessarily a prerequisite for secession. I I think that, you know, that sort of of wouldn't hurt. Right. It wouldn't hurt. But I mean, until until it's necessary, you're probably not really going to see those sorts of innovations. But those innovations do take time. And with uh, with high or their high oil prices and who knows with the way things are in the world, we could even see oil shortages. So I think that, you know, people are moving in the direction of trying to be more self-sufficient in terms of energy. 
And Good points all. Thank you, sir, yeah. for the call tonight. Appreciate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I know they put some windmills up in a nearby town here in New Hampshire. I think I saw Lindstrom. those going by. Were they trucking those by? The yeah, they the brought them in on like the backs of a truck. Yeah. yeah. They looked pretty large. They didn't fly them in on the helicopters, man. No, uh, they they were pretty big. So well, Wayne told me that uh, I guess he lives up in that way. He told me that one of those blades on the windmill took up the entirety of a like a back of a of an eighteen wheeler. Yes, that's what I had seen. They they looked massive. So they'll probably crank out some electricity. Little windmills don't make a lot of electricity. Yeah, good point. All right, so one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark, you've got since we were talking about secession, you've got a related story. What's yeah, going on? Well, you know, semi related. I, I I got sent this uh, email by probably a dozen people today, so we probably should not email, but the story it's in high demand. Me. Yep, from Eureka, California, from the uh, San Francisco Chronicle. Some folks around here think the economic sky has fallen, and state lawmakers in Sacramento and Salem are ignoring their constituents in the hinterlands. This is from Eureka. Guess the time is ripe to create a whole new state. That's the thinking up here along the border between California and Oregon, where 12 sparsely populated, thickly forested counties in both states want to break away and generate the 51st star on the nation's flag. Hmm. You can't make... Isn't 51 a prime number? You can't make a, a pretty pattern with you 50 make, stars. You can make a pattern, but it's not a pretty pattern. No. I've seen proposed designs, and they look kind of crappy. Yeah, I mean, 48. you got to admit, 48 was the best-looking flag out there before we uh, you know, we, we brought in the, uh, the, the, the Russian territory and the uh, stole the sandwich islands um couldn't they just like put a little like dot in the middle like, yeah a little gold star on top they should of just, the stars well, and... they should they should start out with a red one because you know they're all turning red anyway so we'll make them a deal we can just trade new hampshire for whatever they want to call this, this Sweet. State because these guys are not talking about real secession they're talking about or at least a federal secession they're talking about essentially seceding from their state governments and combining to create a the new state of jefferson yes 51st state you can see designs of a uh, um, excuse me signs of discontent from klamath falls to Dunsmuir, where uh, the, the the green double X Jefferson State flag brings um, hangs in uh, scores of businesses. You can hear the talk of revolution at lunch counters and grocery lines, where people grumble <laughs> that politicians to the north and south don't care. You can even hear the dissent on the radio, where 21 area FM stations broadcast from Oregon into California under the banner of Jefferson Public Radio. For real? Yep. We have nothing in common they with pirate you. stations. We have nothing in common with you people down south. Nothing, said Randy ba- uh, Bashaw, manager of the Jefferson State Forest Products Lumber Mill in Trinity County, Hamlet of Hayfork. The sooner we're done with all you people, the better. <laughs> I'm with this guy. Yeah, you know, I, it, How do they do it, though? What's the process? Uh, you need Congress to sign off on forming that, I, I believe. You need Congress to form a state out of two other states, so... I I, I, would, I wouldn't know. Um, you know well, they'd they, have to be admitted to the union, so I, I, you would need Congress to sign off on that. Uh, what about know. actually getting out from the current state government apparatus? What's, the states would probably also have to consent. That's never going to happen. I mean, there was well, a place in Vermont that was talking about seceding to New Hampshire, a little town uh, like a ski resort. Killington. Killington. Yeah. There were several others, actually, that w- followed suit and expressed some interest in that. Where did that state, go? Well, what the happened? state of Vermont wasn't going to lose those towns right. because they were a great source of tax revenue, which is why they wanted to leave in the first place. Yeah, I don't think that secession is ever going to be successful if the process involves begging the state government to allow you to go away. I don't think you're ever going to be successful at that. I think that you just need to basically say, that's it. We're done. We're out of here. We're no longer sending you money. We're no longer yeah. supporting you. 
but again, then you can't just go to the federal government and ask them for permission either. You cannot, if you want to secede, I don't think you can do it by asking permission from the existing governmental well, apparatus. If you make yourself enough of a nuisance, they might just let you go. I mean, if you had actual government officials like sheriffs in this area acting as sheriffs would be the, the way state, to go. They, um, they were in the state of Jefferson and things like that. You might see the states just go. Being the highest law of the land, a sheriff might have, you know, enough sheriffs bound together might have some luck. But uh, uh, never heard of Jefferson, said Aaron McClear, spokesman for the governor, for Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going to decline comment. Who? What? <laughs> right. right. Just know, pretend like they don't going exist. Anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they can put it on the uh, the, the ballot, but it says uh, Grange Hall of Eureka, a farm-based service organization, is activating 51 of its brethren halls in the area to collect one million signatures that, uh, to have a statehood adv- advisory measure put on the California ballot. Tony Instizzo, a runoff candidate in the uh, November 4 election for Cisco County Board of Supervisors, has pledged to force the issue and is running campaign ads calling for regional freedom. Um, Good on them. I mean, I think it's generally a good idea to be talking about things like this. I I don't want to come down on these folks. It's just that I don't think that they're going to have any level of success. What are you going to do? Put it on the ballot in a state where there's a whole bunch of people that are going to vote against you? I mean, you don't have anybody. Well, I don't see why the state would necessarily vote against them. I think most people would. Most people. You remember the the uh, Zogby poll about secession not too long ago? Yeah. Most people sort of would. I think, especially in the case of a state seceding from a state, I don't think anybody in L.A. is going to say, those people in Eureka owe us. How do you know? Why would they say that? I mean, imagine. It's California. It's the state. They want to keep it as it is. You can't just go run away. We need your tax dollars. I don't. No, no. That's what the politicians say. The average person doesn't really benefit from tax dollars. And likely, really, likely, Eureka is a tax burden. Um, it, it's quite possible. You know, it's, it's more pars- um, sparsely populated and all that other stuff. There's roads to maintain out there and all those other things. I certainly don't know. Maybe they, you know, maybe maybe not. You know, they, they could be the good farmer type that take care of themselves and are Sending money into the, the, the poor folks in, in the inner city. I don't really know, but I don't think the average person in California is really going to give two hops and a holler. If they want to leave, let them. Who knows? I don't think that's the appropriate way to do things. I like your sheriff's suggestion where if you had enough sheriffs basically saying, well, we've seceded, you know, take down the uh, California flag, put up the Jefferson flag, you, you're done as far as I'm concerned. Just stop participating with these government people. But as long as you're asking for permission, they're going to keep saying no. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com in the meantime. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 